You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope your employment rights are getting you enthused to challenge unfair treatment at work. Don't be put off. Now, in the last podcast episode, we looked at how a tribunal will test whether your employer had enough information to reasonably believe you are guilty of misconduct, especially when that misconduct is enough for your employer to seek to dismiss you. So, by way of a continuation of this mini-series on misconduct dismissals, in this episode, we're going to look at how an employment tribunal will challenge your employer to show how dismissal was the only reasonable option for dealing with your alleged misconduct. So, in other words, was dismissing you the only sanction available Or could your employer have chosen a lesser sanction that would have allowed you to remain in your job? And we're going to look at this issue through the lens of the one case that set out the legal guidance for tribunals on this matter. And it's a case called Iceland Frozen Foods versus Jones. And it was decided in a tribunal in 1983. Now, the history of this case focused on Mr. Jones, who worked the night shift for Iceland Frozen Foods as a warehouse foreman. Mr. Jones and his colleagues could work eight hours every shift loading items, for which they would receive a bonus if they completed a weekly 40-hour loading target, where they would have needed to have loaded a certain number of items for them to qualify for that bonus. On the particular night the employer complained about, the employer believed that Mr. Jones had left the factory unlocked and as the security guard felt it was his responsibility and therefore he had been negligent in his duty and had exposed the factory to risk of theft and loss of stock. And in addition to this, the employer also believed that although Mr Jones and his colleagues were claiming their bonus for hitting their weekly loading target, when the employer calculated the items that had been loaded, there was a shortfall of items of about 20% loaded for that week. The employer believed that Mr Jones had colluded with his colleagues and as a consequence had been involved in a go-slow in order to meet the weekly loading target. The employer held a meeting with Mr Jones and accused Mr Jones of organising that go-slow to hit the target and leaving the factory open, and after a 10-minute hearing, Mr Jones was dismissed. 
Mr. Jones brought a case of unfair dismissal to an employment tribunal, which at the time was called an industrial tribunal. And initially, the tribunal found that Mr. Jones had been unfairly dismissed because the tribunal did not think that these two acts of misconduct, which were failure to lock the factory and organising a go slow in order to meet a loading target, that these two acts of misconduct were serious enough for Mr. Jones to be dismissed from his job because the tribunal felt that the employer did not have the evidence to reasonably believe this. Mr. Jones initially succeeded with his unfair dismissal case, but he had a penalty of 40% deducted from his remedy for his contribution to his own dismissal. And remember, we discussed remedy and contributory fault in an earlier episode of the podcast. The employer then appealed this decision and appealed to the Employment Appeals Tribunal, which is called an EAT. And the EAT agreed with the employer that although the speed with which Mr Jones was dismissed was unwise, the Employment Tribunal had misdirected itself in law because the tribunal acted on its belief that the dismissal was not a reasonable response, which is not what tribunals are supposed to do. In other words, tribunals cannot say they would have chosen a different outcome and then punish the employer for not thinking the same as the tribunal. No, The EAT found that instead of the tribunal saying that they would not have dismissed Mr Jones for the alleged misconduct, the tribunal should have asked whether the employer was reasonable in choosing dismissal as the only sanction it could apply to Mr Jones's alleged misconduct. In other words, was the choice of dismissal within the band of reasonable responses to Mr. Jones's conduct? So was the response to dismiss him a reasonable response which any other reasonable employer might have adopted? And if the tribunal finds that it was reasonable for the employer to consider dismissal, then the dismissal would be fair. But if there were other reasonable sanctions that the employer could have applied within the bands of a reasonable response, given all the circumstances, then the dismissal would be seen as falling outside of the band of reasonable responses. And that would make the dismissal unfair. So how would this play out in your workplace? Well, Here at Employment Rights Online, we've known of cases where employees have got into dispute with their employer because they are tired of being bullied and the employer not doing anything about it. And then something happens at work, the employee makes a mistake, which causes problems for the employer. And the employer's way of dealing with that mistake is to say that the mistake is so serious that the only right and proper action the employer can take is to dismiss the employee from their job. And from here, both you and the employer might think things are cut and dried, but that would not be true. For you, 
the way to challenge the employer would be to question whether it is reasonable for the employer to only choose dismissal as the only action that could have been taken against you, given all of the circumstances, meaning that the employer has conducted a fair procedure in dismissing you and the employer has also gone through a fair investigation in order to gather the evidence on which to have a reasonable belief that you have committed the misconduct. And when all of that is in place, that the only action the employer felt was suitable to match the misconduct was dismissal. But when it comes to the bans of reasonable responses, the employer needs to take a further step. So, for example, if you made that mistake, but you have an unblemished work history and have never been in trouble at work before, and the mistake you made was so minor that it had little, if any, impact on the business of your employer, then you would be right to suggest that a reasonable employer would have chosen a lesser sanction, like a verbal warning or a written warning and that maybe you are being dismissed for some other reason, like challenging bullying or challenging discrimination or whistleblowing or some other reason rather than the minor mistake you made. And in a similar way, perhaps you have a long work history with the employer where you have worked for the employer for 10 years, even 15 or 20 years, but you have been dismissed. The question then would need to be asked about whether your length of service and work history should have influenced the employer's decision to decide to dismiss you. And in dismissing you, whether that dismissal was within the bands of reasonable responses, given all of the circumstances. Similarly, an employer could argue that dismissal was chosen under a totting up system. So, for example, you've had a previous finding of misconduct for which you received a verbal or a written warning. And then, after this minor mistake was made, your employer dismisses you because you already have a warning on your file. In this situation, it's important to look at whether the mistake you made was so serious that you couldn't have received another warning, like, for example, adding a written warning or a final written warning to a verbal warning that is already on your file, or adding to a six-month written warning by giving you a 12-month final written warning. Both these sanctions would be suitable sanctions to apply to misconduct at work and would be seen to be within the band of reasonable responses rather than the employer moving straight to and choosing dismissal. The final situation you could consider is if you have no previous misconduct on your work record and someone else makes the same mistake as you, but that person doesn't get dismissed, but you do. If all things are equal between you and the person committing the same misconduct as you, then you would be right to ask why dismissal was chosen for you and not for the other person. And then 
whether it was reasonable for your employer to choose to dismiss rather than apply the same or a lesser sanction similar to your colleague. In all these examples, what would be expected is that if your employer would be able to explain why the other sanctions like no further action or some form of retraining or a verbal warning or a written warning or a final written warning, why these sanctions to your misconduct were not suitable and why only the dismissal as a sanction was chosen as the only reasonable response to your misconduct. Now it's worth saying that employers and tribunals will look at each case separately where the band of reasonable responses and remember that merely means that the employer looking at all of the different sanctions that could be applied to the misconduct situation where the band of reasonable responses is being challenged by employees who feel they have been given a higher sanction than the misconduct deserves. Tribunals look at each case separately. And the tribunal in particular will have to look at this, but not in terms of deciding whether the dismissal sanction is fair. But instead, given all the circumstances and the evidence that is before the employer, whether the employer was justified in taking dismissal as the only reasonable response to the alleged misconduct. So if you find yourself dismissed and you are thinking about grounds for appeal, you would be saying that given your work history or given your length of service, or that there has been an improper use of the totting up system, or that someone else made the same mistake as you and didn't get dismissed, you would want to use one of those examples or something different to suggest to the person hearing your appeal that the employer's decision to dismiss you was not a reasonable decision, and that instead the employer could have chosen a different sanction, such as no further action or some form of retraining or a verbal warning or a written warning or a final written warning, and that any of these responses should have been the reasonable response that the employer chose. And that's it for this week. In this episode, we looked at how you can challenge your employer's decision to dismiss you for misconduct by asking in an appeal or at a tribunal for an assessment as to whether the dismissal was the only reasonable response to your misconduct that the employer could have chosen or whether your employer could have chosen a lesser response that would have allowed you to remain in your job. In the next episode, we're going to look at the world of constructive dismissal. So remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get a notification for when that episode goes live. On a final note, you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this week's episode. And remember, you can help us by sharing our podcast information with your friends and colleagues. Until next week, have a great Employment Rights Week. Bye for now.